Welcome to another episode of Ed's Up, sponsored by the Southern Early Childhood Association. Ed's Up is a podcast all about children and those that care for them. Hosted by Dr. Kathy Grace and Dr. Kenya Wolf with the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. Hello, everybody. This is Kathy Grace. I'm here with Kenya Wolf, and both of us are delighted to bring another episode of Ed's Up. Today, we have a very influential guest with us, Dr. Laura Washington, who is currently the CEO of the Cale Institute and the former CEO of the Council for Professional Recognition. And many people may know this as part of the CDA process that millions of people across the world have actually experienced. And so we are so happy that Dr. Washington is with us today. And uh, I want to ask you a few questions that also have something to do with a new book that you've written. So we're going to ask you to talk a little bit about your book. Uh, And if you would, give us the title of your book, because it's very engaging to the reader. And then I want to ask you to define some of the terms you use. All right. So thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. So my new book is called Changing the Game for Generation Alpha. And it's about children who were born since 2010, our young children, infants, toddlers, preschoolers, and early elementary students that we have in the United States right now. Well, that generation alpha was the term I was going to ask you to define. And so you just have for us. And uh, I think it's, it's very interesting that most generations have names uh, or uh, I guess you say acronyms, depending on the generation. So uh, I know that in your book, you mentioned some what you called pain points. Mm-hmm. And this is a very provocative phrase. Yes. Uh, Could you please describe some of those points of pain and who do they most impact? Yeah, so this book is really about um, how childhood has changed and how we have to change as parents and as teachers to really work with our young children today. So I point out that there are many pain points that keep us from doing this or pain points that are present in our society today. So one of those pain points, for example, is when it comes to childcare, there's not enough of it. And if you can find it, it's too expensive. And we don't have a system in our local state or national levels that really provides an equitable, high quality early childhood education for all. Ouch, that's a pain point for us. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious, you have a very organized approach in your book. You actually mentioned three things that parents and community members and teachers can do to help really be game changers for our future generation. Can you share with our listeners what those three points are and maybe tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And I think that when at the time the book was written, some of these ideas might have seemed, you know, a little strange to people. But now that we've lived through the pandemic, people, I think, can really resonate to these points a lot more. So our point Our first change strategy is that we have really got to provide more universal support for people. And what that means is we need to have some family support, paid parental leave, paid leave if your mom gets sick, then we can help take care of her. We need to make sure that we're really beginning to recognize more the unpaid work that especially women do because that work has value for our society and our 
economy. The second thing I think people can do as change agents is to really help us fight for and promote universal child care for all as an option for all families. We want to make sure that this is something that is free for families, that it is of high quality, that it is culturally relevant, but it's something that can be a foundation of our economic and social future. And many countries do this in the world, and we should be in that number. The third thing that I think we can do as change agents is to make sure we have opportunity for all. And by that, I mean, as our nation truly diversifies in a way that's unprecedented in the history of the United States, we've got to make sure that as there are going to be smaller numbers of children, each child has to be prepared to be its best person. We've got to make sure that each child has a strong educational and social foundation. There has to be opportunity equity for all children. Smaller numbers of children, larger numbers of elderly, every child matters for our future economy and for our democracy. So we've got to have opportunity equity for each and every child. Well, you've mentioned several concepts, and this involves, in my thinking about some new, new uh, concepts of the paradigms that we're going to have to shift or change that uh, for some of us may be easier than uh, to do than others. Some of us have problems with change. Uh, so could you talk to us a little bit about what some of these might be and how we need to recognize, depending on whatever generation we happen to fall in, uh, that the world is changing. And if we were going to look toward the future, what are some things we can be doing right now to help ensure that, as you say, every child can be the very best that they could be? Yeah, I think there's so many paradigm shifts we're going to have to make. And I see these as welcome opportunities we have to invest in children in a way we've never done before. So here's one paradigm shift. As we look at Generation Alpha, we see that they're very much involved with technology. I mean, who hasn't seen a two-year-old adeptly operating a cell phone or some kind of device. But as our children are really immersed in technology, a paradigm shift we might need to make as parents and teachers is to make sure that our children are developing strong social skills. We might have to put a little more, bit more effort into making sure that they're building relationships. And so these are the kinds of shifts and changes we have to make as our children change. As we see that our families are now becoming very much more diverse and complex, we might need to figure out as educators how we relate to families a little bit differently. And that will require a paradigm shift for many of us. So those are two examples of the kinds of changes that we have to make as children change and our society change, we have to change too. With regard to uh, the fact you mentioned that there are going to certainly be differences in demographics. Absolutely. Uh, and that maybe some of us have not really prepared ourselves or that we're not really prepared for what that means. Uh, over 20 years ago, I heard a national demographer talk about how uh, the majority was going to become the minority. But I don't think anybody really realized uh, 
to me, an observation I've made is psychologically what is going on with folks who have found themselves no longer in the majority, but are now seeing that they may be in the minority. Uh, how, how do you think teacher educators, parents, uh, people who have anything to do with sociology, what can we do to become better educated around this, the demographics? Because in our country, we've normally never thought about uh, who's the, the largest racial uh, group in the country or who's got more children in a, of, a, of a group. Uh, but yet communities sometimes uh, divide themselves based on that or a program sometimes divide themselves based on those that have the greatest economic need. And so we're almost uh, fighting against ourselves sometimes if we're talking about inclusiveness. Uh, so what are some things that you see with the studies you've done about uh, in history where we started from, which had to do with a pretty good social worker base uh, to where we're going to need to go in the future. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Demography has changed. And what that means is that when it comes to young children, the majority of young children in the United States are already people of color. So this makes an opportunity for us to really make sure that all of our children of every race, nationality, income, geography, rural, urban, make sure that each and every child gets what that child needs. There's a lot of things that we can do. I think that one, we all need to have a mindset that this can be a really phenomenal welcome thing for our democracy. That the United States in itself has always been an experiment. It's been an experiment always where people could come from all kinds of backgrounds and out of many become one. And so I think as we continue the experiment that we've always been, it's an opportunity to find out how we can really make this multicultural, multilingual situation that we live in really work. We can be a worldwide model for peace, democracy, harmony, and excellence as we move forward with this diversity. Great. Well, I'm, I know you have a long history in preparing teachers. And as a teacher educator, I am hoping to make sure that we are preparing the field for this diversity and recruiting uh, teachers of color. Um, do you have any advice or maybe models from how that's being done well in other parts of the country? Absolutely. And I'm going to speak specifically to early childhood education. And you know, there's been so many challenges with preparing people who can work with very young children. By that, I mean children five years old and younger. And, you know, there's this whole mythology out there, this idea that anybody can teach young children. That is so false. It takes a lot of skill and competence to work well with young children, to teach young children. So that I think that in teacher education, we need to be very clear and very vocal about the competencies that you need to work with young children. We need to make sure that we put the most highly qualified people in front of our young children. We need to make sure that we're living in communities and states and in a nation that is providing the financial support that it takes to prepare young children. There's a lot that we can do. Um, yes, we're gonna always learn as teacher educators 
how to teach reading, how to teach math, but we also need to teach people how to cooperate, how to think strategically, how to work with families, and also how to move forward in the nation that we are fast becoming in the 21st century and not just cling to the way that we used to be in the 19th and 20th century because times have changed and so must we. Yeah, that's a very good point on which we probably needed to close because as I hope people go back and listen to this numerous times, they will gain, I think, wisdom in what you said and how you've said it. We hear a lot of bad news that's been going on over the last year or year plus. And somehow through that, though, we have seen example after example of resilience. And we've seen how people have survived and thrived and how they're somehow or another able to hang on to joy. And we've not necessarily talked so much about the quality in terms of the, the joy in being a child. But we also know that that is a, a great contributor to strong mental health, uh, not only in childhood, but in adulthood as well. And so uh, I'm just grateful that you've taken time to talk with us today, because you're right, if we look at this as opportunities, then it turns it on its head, and it's not as daunting as if we looked at it as problems, one after another, that we have to solve. So I appreciate the fact that we can think about all this in terms of opportunities. Thank you for inviting me here today. Tell us the name of the book one more time. The name of the book is Changing the Game for Generation Alpha. That's our young children born since the year 2010. And if somebody wanted to buy that book, where would they go to order it or get it? The best place to order it is from the publisher, which is Red Leaf Press. Well, that's easy to remember. Red Leaf. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So we thank you again for being with us. Uh, This is Kathy Grace. Kenya Wolf, and we look forward to visiting with you again very soon. Thank you for joining us today for Ed's Up. If you have an early education topic you'd like to discuss, let us know about it at edsup at olemiss.edu. The Ed's Up podcast is a production of the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. The views and opinions of podcast participants are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the university, its employees, or any affiliated entity.